We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is the tailgate. We are on the road with Sooner Softball in Austin. And boy, do we have a show for you today. Uh, we're going to learn about the Sooner Choice Awards, where you can start voting on the categories. The nominees are up. Jessica Cootie will give us some perspective on that. Plus, Jess was on the field on the sidelines Friday night at the spring game. We'll get some final thoughts from her on what we learned in the spring game. And then JT Gasso is coming up here in just a bit. We'll kind of talk hitting and what's really spurred this offense so far in 2019. But as I mentioned, as baseball is on the road in Minnesota for a big three-game series, which gets underway tonight. Uh, K.J. Kindler is in the archives right now if you want to get hyped up for the Women's Gymnastics National Championship and the Men's Gymnastics National Championship, which we'll be going through the first phase here this afternoon and this evening. We've already started a championship mindset weekend in OU Athletics as the Oklahoma softball team won game one tonight, knocking off Texas by a final score of 3-1. to one. Big blow with two runs single by Sid Romero in the fourth inning. Kylie Lundberg with an RBI double in the seventh to help give the Sooners the pad they needed. Uh, it was just a special night for G. Juarez as Giselle improved to 17-0 on the season. A complete game five hitter with 10 strikeouts as Oklahoma has now won 35 straight Big 12 games. They've won 29 straight overall. They're the number one team in the country, and they improved to 30 nine and two on the season they're 10 and 0 in big 12 play well right before we left for this texas series i had a chance to sit down and talk hitting talk about some of the youngsters and talk a little bit about this series with sooner hitting coach jt gasso and we started by asking about 
kind of the adjustment and preparation that has taken place. JT doesn't really have a JT Gasso hitting philosophy, but he's constantly evaluated and reevaluated the way that he kind of prepares his hitter and the, dr- the hitters and the different drills they go through. And we just started with a little conversation about some new drills he's introduced in 2019. Uh, so yeah, I, that's, that's kind of one thing, um, that's kind of been instilled into me is you always want to, um, learn. There's always, you're always trying to find out if what you're doing is, is right. And I, I try and hold myself accountable to, to kind of just mechanics of, of the stuff, the, the way you're supposed to move and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I think the one thing that is so great right now, and I think everyone's just in baseball, softball, just in, in sport in general, the technology and the science that's out there, it, it speaks volumes. And if you're going to have a certain, uh, I don't know, philosophy or, or you got, I, I think for me, I had to make sure that what we were doing was right. So um, just kind of, it, it can either um, verify the things that you're saying, or it can make you maybe reconsider some things. So I think for us, it's just in the fall, you, you kind of get them moving right and get them strong and, and just kind of put them in a good position to hit and kind of learn learn the game, help the freshmen and the um, the still the underclass and the sophomores continue to learn the game. But right now it's just about, you know, hitting the ball hard, figuring out what the pitcher's doing, figure out how you're going to hit what they're pitching hard and just kind of, go from there and, and just continue to adjust. So um, I think that's one thing our team has taken uh, just from a hitting side is, is learning. And we've, we've had conversa- conversations about um, the swing, uh, pitches, how to hit different pitches and speeds and whatnot. So it's, it's really been fun. And I think it just kind of gets everyone involved. How, how do you avoid then? Because um, maybe this is a little bit too inside baseball, if you will. But with the new flight scope, which is kind of their way to, to track pitches and better understand velocity, and I know that it's not only a, a hitter's tool, but obviously maybe even more so, JT, a pitcher's tool. And with all the video that you have, how do you avoid paralysis by analysis? Because, my man, I could sit there and I could watch flight scope more than I can find myself watching a game. You know, I could be sitting there watching that iPad at miles per hour to like a tenth and then velocity off the bat. How do you avoid not getting too caught up in the numbers? So, for me, I can, I can be uh, – there, there's no such thing as a teacher to be paralyzed by the data. Um, just because I think if you're if you know what you're looking for and you know kind of the trends and whatnot, you it can better help me or help the teacher kind of um, direct practice. So uh, one thing that I won't do is sit down and say and show them numbers. And I think the reason is because when you if I'm sitting down and I'm away from the batter's box and I'm just looking at a bunch of numbers, it's going to take a lot. For me to kind of put it all into um, into like an application. So, like for example, if I if, if I'm sitting down and I look at okay, my average launch angle on a 60 mile an hour pitch is you know let's say 15 degrees. Let me say okay, hey, as a teacher, I would know we want that ball to be a little bit higher. But if I'm a hitter, I'm thinking okay, we're going to increase our launch angle on this next pitch by five degrees. Like that's, that's not really realistic. So 
for for us, what we try and do is try and make it to where you have like a uh, external cue, meaning, okay, if I know I need to, if I know I need to stop hitting the ball on the ground or lower, okay, let's try and hit a fly ball to center field because the ball tailing down or, you know, whatever the case is. So for me, I use it to kind of direct where each player is going, each hitter. Um, and we don't really, I don't like just bog them down with, with data because exactly what you said, I don't want them to just go up there thinking too much. It should be a natural reaction. If we've done it enough, they should know how to attack different uh, styles of pitching. And I loved your point, man. From your research perspective, there's no such thing as paralysis analysis. It's then how, by analysis, I guess I should say, it's then how you implement it that makes all the difference. Boy, I, big analytics guy here, this Chris Plank, JT Gas, so I'm just laying it out for you. Um, hey, I want to talk about some of the youngsters because I, I do feel like we spend a lot of time talking about the seniors, and understandably so, and even you know what Joss has been able to do in a short time. But I don't know if we can say enough about Grace Green and how she's developed because there was a stretch there. I think it was right before the BYU game where she had, she had maybe 0 for 11 or 0 for 12 or something like that. But, JT, she's just seemed to find another level since that home game against BYU. What have you seen click in the freshman Grace Green? Well, I don't know if I've, if I've seen it click. It, per se, but what I've seen is just her mental state has stayed consistent throughout the entire season. She doesn't get too hyped up. Well, actually, at the very beginning of the year, she got too hyped up, but she doesn't get down on herself. And that, that's one of the things that we talk about as an offense is just having the mentality to go to be in the box. When you're in the box, you're there to compete. You're not there to think or feel sorry for yourself. So she just doesn't do that at all, which is really um, impressive for a freshman because you go from high school season or even summer ball uh, or your travel ball season, and you're hitting like five, six hundred. Um, you know, your slug percentage <laughs> is like twelve, thirteen hundred. So it's like like that kind of um, performance is normal. And then to go to a setting to where now it's like, all right, now you're hitting three hundred with. You're, and your slugging percentage is in the 700s, 800s. Like, that's not – even though that's really good, that's not um, what you're used to. So we've kind of helped her – or, I mean, she's, she's the, the one ultimately doing it, but um, redefine what success is. And success is quality of bats, hitting the ball hard, and just competing. And she's done that. And I think what you're seeing is just her sticking with her process and just becoming a complete hitter. And I'm kind of trying to understand that as she goes. And then, you know, Grace Lyons is one of two players who have started every single game, her and Sid, on that left side of the infield. And and I know for Grace, she had the great start, hit a couple of, uh, more than a couple, I think she's up six, seven home runs now. Uh, I know she's kind of been up and down a little bit, JT, expected from a freshman, but, man, she hits the ball hard. Whenever it comes off her bat, it comes off with authority, uh, what's the key for her to become more consistent? You think time? Yeah. And it's, it's just a different that I, I do think it's just more, the more experience she gets, the more um, you're going to see her develop. That's, that's what for her, what's going to click because this style of pitching is literally nothing like they've seen before. And it's every day, it's every game you have, you're facing an ace, every game you're facing somebody's 
somebody's best. So um, it's she's just understanding, you know, like like I said with Grace Green, the the sticking with the process, staying at a high level mindset, um, competing, and just staying with it, just sticking with it. So I think that experience, uh, and especially as we get towards the uh, the last stretch of our season, you're going to see her just. I think you're going to see her just raise it to another level. JT, real quick, before I start talking about Texas, and I get you out of here because I know you got a bus to catch, but <laughs> what what have we seen an improvement in Oklahoma high school softball? Because, again, you look at this freshman class, uh, there's Audra LaValle, Sammy Skelly, there's a good Oklahoma impact on it. You look at next year's recruiting class, there's a solid Oklahoma impact on it. Uh, and obviously with names like CC and Reagan Rogers and Aaron Miller and Katie Self that came before them, are we starting to see, I don't want to say a rebirth, but an uptick in what we're seeing Division One capable-wise out of the state? Uh, you know what? It, I think just across the entire country you're seeing the players getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, I, like, Plank, everyone asks me these questions. You, I think you have to have, like, 10, 15 years experience doing it, which I don't. That's yeah, um, true. <laughs> you know, it's like a revival. I don't, I don't know. I've, I haven't been doing it that long to see, but I know like when I was, you know, in the, those 2000s teams, you had players like uh, Ashley Barrett, Jennifer Stewart, Manny Fulton. You, you had Lakeisha Washington. You had four or five players who were, you know, high level um, all Americans. They were all on one team, all, all in the same class. So, I think you have you have stretches, and this isn't just you know in Oklahoma. But I think it's everywhere where you have like a really good class, or you have really good players, um, kind of sprinkled in. And every now and then you'll have like, wow, this this class had a lot of good players in this. So um, and kind of with the the way the recruiting's been working out, we've been able to snag those those high level, top level um, Oklahoma kids, and um, and you know Sammy, Audrey, they're all. Uh, they're all competing. Kinsey as well, Kelso. So um, I think I think it's just yeah. across the board. You've been seeing them get better as we've been um, with technology and training and whatnot. So got uh, Texas coming up this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Obviously, Miranda Ellis, which surprisingly, even though we played Oregon the last couple of years, we only saw her for an inning and a third two years ago in the College World Series, and they obviously have some pretty impressive freshman pitchers. JT, as you broke down the tape, as you prepared your hitters, what have you seen from this Texas staff? Uh, I, you see a lot of fire, competitiveness. So um, I, I know with, with Ellis, the way she throws, she can throw to all quadrants. She can throw different speeds. So um, she her ball moves a lot. So um, that's going to be tough, but uh, – and as well as uh, O'Leary, the, the freshman, having a really good season as well. So they throw hard, um, and they can throw to both sides of the plate. They can throw up and down. Um, and then Bollinger, the returner, their, their lefty, is, is has some big-time curve on her pitches as well. So um, it, it'll be a tough matchup. So um, it's just about, for us, you know, sticking with what we're doing and, and executing at a high level. So um, they're, they're not going to give – they're not going to give away a lot, meaning like walk, hit by pitches, and they're going to just tack the zone, tack hitter. So if we can, uh, you know, just stay within ourselves and, and just do what we've been doing, I think we'll have a good chance. 
It's been a great start to the series here in Austin. The 3-1 win tonight. Sooners back at it uh, tonight. I keep saying tonight. As we tape this, it's late on Thursday night. Uh, they'll be back at it on Friday night, 6 p.m., and then we'll wrap up the series on Saturday at 1 p.m. Oklahoma and Texas. It doesn't get much bigger than this. And then the uh, final leg, I guess, of this 11-game road trip comes to a conclusion next week when the Sooners play their midweek game against Wichita, and then they square off against Iowa State up in Ames. Sooner baseball's on the road. Cade Cavalli will get the uh, ball tonight. 6.30 first pitch as they travel to Minnesota to take on the Gophers. 6.30 tonight, 2 o'clock on Saturday, and 11 a.m. on Sunday. How about this? This is a really cool note. Saturday's game will be played at the Target Field, which is the home of the Minnesota Twins. The Friday and Sunday games will be played on campus at Cybert Field. So big weekend for baseball. And listen, uh, if I'm pretty hyped for where OU men's and women's gymnastics are right now. But, you know, I can't, I can't urge you enough if you're in Norman to get to Fort Worth to celebrate with the women's gymnastics team and root them on to another potential national championship. Uh, if you're in the Illinois area and you listen to this, it's Champaign, Illinois, for the men's national championship as they look for their fifth straight championship. So everything gets underway in gymnastics, both men and women, this afternoon. So uh, women's gymnastics, the semifinals will start at 6 p.m. tonight in semifinal number two. And on the men's gymnastics side, it will be 7 p.m. So 6 p.m. for the women, 7 p.m. for the men. Well, let's wrap things up talking a little bit about the spring game from Friday night. But before we do that, as Jessica Cootie joins us, Jess, you got a lot going on with the Sooner Choice Awards. We don't get a chance to talk about it very much, but kind of take me through your role and how you're involved in the Sooner Choice Awards. I'm putting together my typical uh videos that I kind of help out with this year so that's where I'm kind of trying to get all knocked out before uh, I'm actually uh, going to go down to Austin this weekend to uh, be a fan of Oklahoma softball did we get did you have to go through StubHub and pay $350 for tickets or are you just well, going to sit with me you can hang out in the outfield out there so there you that's go. what we're going with what a, what hey how cool is that though for softball to see numbers like that out there for a series. Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. And, um, you know, I think Patty Gass will be the first to tell you that I think it's it's good that the Big 12 Conference and, and that Texas has um, kind of gotten back to where where they are. And, and, you know, you'd like to see a couple more teams because, like, we've seen year in and year out, you know, it's just, Sometimes when you some of the teams in the Big Twelve, it hurts your RPI. So that's why right. you, know, you got to really, uh, um, really crank up the schedule in the um, in what non-conference. And so I think everybody is excited that you know Texas is back. You know, we'll see. We'll see how how back they are this weekend. But um, just you know, just to get them back in the mix and and you know, hopefully get a couple more teams going as well. We got JT Gasso coming up at the bottom of the hour, so we'll talk more softball then. But uh, just, just let's—I I know there's still a little time before it, and obviously, uh, getting to work with Tori Nershall, I realize the investment that's put into this. But maybe for those that aren't familiar, the Sooner Choice Awards have kind of become the student athletes' version of what almost the ESPYS, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 
Right. Yep. Um, so kind of, there's a lot of different awards and, um, you know, everything from moment of the year. So, um, I think the, um, the nominees are out. Um, I don't think I have them, um, pulled up, but, um, the, like some of the nominees, for example, I think are like, let me, let me see if I can pull it up real quick so I can let you guys know what, what some of the nominees are, because, um, you know, I think that's always, um, kind of neat to see who all is nominated and then you can kind of make your own judgments. But the certain categories are um, like breakthrough athlete of the year. Breakthrough athlete athlete of the year is up. Hey, how about Christian Doolittle being on that list? And by the way, also because there's a male and female, but Curtis Bolton being on the breakthrough athlete of the year. I like that. Yeah. So you've got moment of the year, which is, um, you know, uh, Yomel Dower, and we got Trey Brown, Kyler Murray. His uh, so Trey Brown and Kyler Murray both are from the Big Twelve Championship game. So you got Trey Brown, obviously safety, and then Kyler Murray's touchdown pass to Grant Calcaterra. Um, male newcomer Kennedy Brooks, Levi Prater, Jamal Bienemy. That's a great category. Female newcomer Olivia Troutman, Taylor Robertson, Keaton Kenley. Uh, male breakthrough, Quade Cummins, Christian Doolittle, Curtis Bolton. Female breakthrough, Ana Yunusa, Mariah Lopez, Caitlin Milligan. So, I mean, you know, I could run through this whole list. Oh, I guess I'm almost done. Uh, male athlete, Kyler, Yule, Alex Bakshi. Female is Maggie Nichols, Sydney Romero, Keely Dow, Alyssa Anna King. Um, you know, you've got the Perseverance Award, which is what I'm kind of working on. You know, athletes that have kind of a, a behind-the-scenes story that they've really had to persevere through. Um, you've got the future sooner, um, team of the year, so men's gym, football, men's golf, softball. Um, and, and what's cool is like the student athletes have all kind of really, they've, they've gotten more and more involved as we've gone along. This is year four. So, you know, people have, have starting to kind of really jump in and vote. What I like about this list is, um, you know, you got a lot of different sports represented and, you know, even despite the tough year of women's basketball, you know, you you can see the excitement towards it and the appreciation for the young talent. The fact that you know that you've got some of a lot of those players on this list were in the past. You know, past couple of years we we didn't see a lot of those women's basketball players kind of represented, and then men's basketball as well. Um, to have them have quite a few on there, and you're just seeing a lot of different sports kind of represented: men's golf, women's golf as well. I think that's what's neat is that now now it's kind of really um, kind of getting spread out and you're seeing a lot of different sports represented and, and it just is, goes to show what kind of the what kind of year Oklahoma's already had. And again, uh, you can actually vote on Twitter. Just simply search Sooner Choice Awards and there's a link at Soonersports.com with all kinds of information. So uh, it's um, it's an exciting time. It's coming up on Monday, April 22nd. And it's for the student athletes only. And Jess is uh, Jess was showing off her hosting chops last year, doing red carpet interviews. I mean, this has become kind of a big time event for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got called in last minute last year, so let's not act like I was first choice. Um, it was uh, <laughs> I got a call from the bullpen, um, but yeah, I emceed uh, it last year, and um, it's kind of a secret on who will do it this year so don't want to ruin that but um uh they just kind of like to keep some of the things because i mean it's cool and it's cool for fans but like let's face it this is for the student athletes 
And so, you know, you, we don't want to ruin it and talk about a lot of the things and, and you know, uh, some of the surprises that they have lined up because this is all about them and it's their night. And so, um, you know, some of the things that, that are lined up, we uh, don't, we kind of keep it a surprise for them. So um, it should oh, be fun. Okay. It's, it's, it's growing and it's, you know, becoming a, a bigger and bigger deal every year. So I'll be excited to see where it goes this year. Now, Jess, for you and I, it probably involved going back a bit because I know you were busy like crazy getting interviews and talking to as many people as you possibly could. Uh, I kind of felt the same. I was going back and forth between sidelines trying to talk to people, and then the, ne- the next thing I know, the game is over. So <laughs> I don't know how much you were able to take from Friday night, but I know it was uh, kind of tough for me to really truly get a gauge on things with how busy we seemed to be down there and how quickly things went. Yeah, I, I didn't watch hardly anything, let's face it. I mean, it's, it's wild, and there's a lot going on, and, um, you know, you're just trying to get what you need for the broadcast. So, um, yeah, I, I and then, you know, we're, we bank interviews for, for future things. So, yeah, I was not able to take in a whole lot. Um, so, you know, just but, but talking with some people and, and kind of hearing from, um, you know, after I did some interviews and stuff, um seems like you know, the big thing was that they were obviously even more depleted than they even started with in, in the secondary. Um, a couple of the guys went down. I was actually uh, at practice when it had happened, and so they you know, they had pulled uh, you know, guys like Patrick Field. So, uh, unfortunately, none of my uh, predictions came true because of injuries, but um, right. you know, I think uh, you know, we didn't get to see him. We didn't get to see some of those other guys, um, but you know, I, I don't I don't know how much – when I talked to Alex Grinch, and again, that's what they said, you're not going to see a lot anyways. But um, certainly I think that Jalen Hurts looked like he was a guy that's comfortable in that situation. You know, he's, he's played in front of big crowds and, and kind of knows what's kind of – how to handle those types of situations. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons that you, you have those spring games is to let guys like Tanner Mordecai get a feel for it. So um, while I think a lot of people were um, kind of – obviously making a big deal about Jalen and, and what he did, which certainly he was impressive. Um, you know, I think you got to, you got to remember that the reason why they have a spring game, a lot of it is, is to give some of those younger players a chance, a feel at a game like feel before they get actually into a real game. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I talked to Tanner and, and he was kind of disappointed, he felt like, you know, it wasn't exactly what he had, he had hoped for and it wasn't what he had been doing in practices um, throughout spring ball but um, you know Coach Riley talked about how he responded and he settled in and, and he had a good first drive but then had a, a maybe not as great couple of next drives but then settled in and uh, and kind of got back to kind of composure and, and the poise that, that they had kind of been seeing from him in practice so um, yeah I mean I think quarterbacks as far as that's what we saw that one day but it's not what maybe you've been seeing every single day um, at, at practice. I, I don't know, you know. So, um, again, that's what he, he kept, you know, just stressing is that this is one day out of the 15 practices. So, um, you know, it's not – it's while we all want to jump to conclusions and stuff after what we saw in the spring game, it, it is just one one time, and they're going to evaluate that in the same way that they evaluate some of the other, the other things that they've done throughout the spring. So, um yeah, I, I, other than that, um, I think obviously what I've kind of been saying throughout the spring is that uh, they're not short on guys catching the football and, and playmakers <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the options that they have to spread the ball around to. I think, you know, still trying to come along with the offensive line and those 
Coach Riley talked about how they didn't run the ball as well as they'd like to. But, again, you're also not seeing Trey Sermon go full speed. You, you don't have some of those guys back going full speed. So it's hard to get a full gather of, of what it's going to be and what the team's going to be off of that one practice. But um, I, I think certainly, you know, as Coach Riley said, a lot of positives to take away. I think that's one thing, too, Jess, that needs to be harped on quite a bit. And I, I understand Trust me, because it was the first time I had a chance to see him. I didn't go to practices, but it is still a practice, you know. And and was it a scrimmage? You bet. Was it fun to have all the uh, promotions and the job the marketing team did around it? You bet. But you, it, it's a practice, so you can't you can't make these wide sweeping assessments just based on what you saw in one public scrimmage. So, because I, I I saw fans already mad. That like even what what you're seeing in yep. the spring game is not what they're doing on a day to day day to day basis in practice. You're right. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. It's uh, it's a glorified practice, and don't get too mad about anything. I guess more than anything else, I will say this, Jess. I thought it was really cool, and I watched your interview with Kyler and what um, we talked to Orlando mm-hmm. Brown. I think what Ben pa- C D Lamb. Well, I was I was Didi. Sorry. Um, I love seeing the former players come back for this because, to me, that really adds a lot of extra oomph to an event like this. And I would imagine, too, especially from a recruiting side. Yeah, and and I think a lot of them would have come back, but a lot of them are in OTAs as well. So, um, you know, guys like Joe Mixon, I know, was, was hoping to come, and Jordan Evans, but they've already had to report. Um, so... For the Bengals, and and I think Marquise Brown is uh, is had a workout or something. So there there's a lot of guys that would have been here, and that's that's what kind of what I think is neat is that it's not like they're you know not choosing to come. They would have been here if they could have, you know. And so the the fact that you're seeing such a great turnout, and I, I talked to Coach Riley about that on Spotlight the other day. Just the fact that a lot of these guys didn't even play for him, and the fact that you know it's so important for them to come back and and show their support. I mean. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it speaks volumes as to, you know, this program and what it means to these former players. And, and, you know, and you hear a lot of these coaches come in that are new coaches or even some of the players and, and, oh, it's a family, family atmosphere. And and you hear a lot of people say that, but it actually truly is. And they truly believe that. And, and they are um, all in on supporting this program in any way they can. And, you know, it shows by the guys that come back every year. And, and even with the change, uh, the game time change and, and everything else that kind of went along with it that kind of, you know, maybe had some setbacks, the, the way that they are still showing out. Um, and and they just – and you just – behind the scenes, what you don't see, like, yes, they came to the spring game, but how much time they spent with the recruits, you know, and, and how all in they are in bringing in these next – great Sooners and and boy they they sell it as well as anybody and they kind of rely on them too as well and so um you know the recruits it's big for them to see those guys come in and and how much they're invested and then to hear kind of their success stories from being here so it it goes far beyond just seeing them kind of stand on the sideline during the spring game I mean they're invested all day all weekend in in trying to make sure that they're doing their part in in the recruiting process as well Great stuff, Jess. We will talk to you next Wednesday. Enjoy the trip to Austin. And then what, a little uh, sidetrack on the way home to swing by and watch the national championships for gymnastics in Fort Worth, right? Uh, yes. And, and um, I think also I might be um, 
working on going to the draft next Thursday as well. So I'll keep you posted on that. Big weekend. Could have two more national championship banners to hang after this weekend. And the Sooners could put an absolute uh, lock in a lot of ways on another push for the Big 12 championship in softball and really get back on track with baseball. You can get all the latest information online at Soonersports.com. And, hey, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at OU on the air. For JT Gasso and Jessica Cootie, I'm Chris Plank, signing off from Austin. And until Tuesday's edition of The Game Plan, have a great week and enjoy Sooner Athletics and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.